Good afternoon and welcome to the Crucibles Fire, our Friday live relaunch. Um, I don't know if anybody's actually going to be able to be on with us today at lunch, but we wanted to get it going. I am here today with my very beautiful and talented co-host, uh, Brother Tim Gandy. Uh, many of you know him and uh, many of you don't, but uh, ask him to come. And we're going to try to do this on Fridays together and uh, talk about a lot of different things and uh we're going to look at some some different stuff today, but uh, a couple of things before we even get started, you have to understand this is not scripted. We're just kind of chatting about some things. Um, we're not polished. If you've ever been around us, we might even take jokes at each other, or roast each other a little bit every once in a while. The religious terminology is is we're not very orthodox. Yeah, I'll, t I'll take that. Um, <laughs> But we do love the Lord. We love the kingdom, and we're going to talk today. We're going to we're going to talk about a couple of different things um, that uh, I, I think will be of, of use to you. But before we do that, you, um, I want to talk about some things that's going on in the ministry. There's I was sitting here thinking the other day, Tim, uh, and Tim's on our board of directors, so he and I do a lot of ministry together. Um, but there's just a lot going on right now. I didn't really realize that because usually I'm kind of working by myself, but lately we've been expanding it and there's just a lot going on the the one thing i do want to talk about um is we've got a mission trip uh that we're working to sponsor to huamave which is in mexico tim do you want to say anything about what's going on with that so huamave is a place uh we were missionaries down there uh full time for two years and then we've been working down there i don't know probably going on 20 years now Hamave is just a little town, uh, about 5,000, 6,000 people. Uh, it's directly due south of Matamoros, if you want to look at it that way. Um, and it's up in the Sierra Madre Mountains. Um, think of mountains, you think of the Rockies and big, beautiful places like that, but it's more desertous mountains. Uh, and so... We have ministered, we work with a, a pastor down there, his name is Pepe, and uh, uh, he's, he's got to be in his 70s now, but Pepe is a well-respected, he's one of the most kingdom-minded individuals I have ever known and ever met, uh, his wisdom is incredible, and he has taken us to many uh, different villages and places because that's what he does and uh, he's really burdened for the people there and so we have uh, spent a lot of time getting resources for them uh, take materials down to them humanitarian effort kind of things we do a lot of training and teaching down there too uh, to the lay people and to the ministers there uh, the big function in that is is not what we're doing uh, what we've learned over time is is that uh, they love us to come because it makes them know that there's people thinking about them. Uh, we don't go down to try to turn them into America, and they don't come here trying to turn us into Mexico. And we have preconceived notions of what all that may look like or think about at any particular time. Uh, but we're down there encouraging the brethren. That's what we're doing. And they love it. They, they'll drag you through all those places because it, uh, it encourages those people, and it's from people that live as well as we do, maybe. And but the largest majority of them are people that live in very simple circumstances, and so. Uh, but they love it when you come, not because you're an American, 
but because you're somebody from somewhere off and it takes a lot of effort to come and get that and they recognize that and, and they love it well that's one of the things i know when i've i've been to mexico a couple of times been to nicaragua with you twice um and is that it struck me as just and you are you when we were kind of first getting to know each other you used to always talk about i just love to encourage the brethren and i was like i don't know what that really means i mean i know what encouragement means but uh it really took being there uh and and when we went to nicaragua particularly um and just watching people respond to the fact that we were there yeah and and it's hard to express that if you're watching and you're like well what, is, what does that mean it's, it's really hard to put that into words well no i'll tell you what people that uh, look at that, and their knee-jerk reaction, Christian or non-Christian, is, is, oh, you're the Americans. They're looking for you to give them mm. stuff. And that couldn't be farther no. from their mind. <laughs> no. They don't even measure it in those terms. Right. Well, and that's that's one of the things that, that was interesting to me because I thought that going in. I was like, oh, they're, yeah. we're going to be bringing them stuff. And we did do that. There are real physical needs that needed to be met, and there's real physical needs in Mexico that need to be met. We'll talk about that. Um, but... Uh, that's kind of a side note. It really yeah. is just a, it's a blessing because the, when we were in, I don't know, one of the pastors we met with in Nicaragua, he pastored a little church. It didn't have any doors or windows. It was, <laughs> we were, it was fortunate to have a roof. There was grass growing in the middle of the, what we would call their sanctuary. It was just a little four wall building. And he was so proud of that though. And oh, yeah. he wanted us to come up there and we had prayer with him in his little church. And I mean, he was poor as a church mouse and, uh, that was just a really sweet time, and I just, he was so genuine, and the fact that he just couldn't believe that we would come all that way just to say hey. Yes. And uh, so that's what's going on with Wamave. There's a group from our small group that's going to be going, um, and uh, if you would like to, to support that, um, there's actually a way to do that. Um, and on our website at thecruciblesfire.org uh, forward slash donate, there is an option for the Wamave trip. Now, what that would be going to is not for people to go, but for things to go. Yeah. Um, they'll be taking school supplies and stuff like that, and it's easier to actually just go and get that stuff. Um, but then once in Mexico, they'll be buying food and stuff. And, again, that's uh, that's easier to do there with money. Um, but uh, definitely no, no pressure there, but it's just going to happen. That's what's happening. It's supposed to be March the 12th to the 20th. A lot of that's going to depend on what's happening at the border between the two countries, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, we don't really know all of that yet, but just be in prayer about that. Um, so that's exciting. The second thing that's going on um, is uh, our March Madness Bible giveaway. I just covered Tim's face up. I didn't think about that, but that's hilarious. Um, uh, this year, or I'll let you back, Tim. We are shooting again for 350 Bibles. We're partnering with two ministries, Bros for Real for Kingdom Focus. Um, with Pastor Trey Tuck and Pastor Willie Collins. Um, we're trying to get them some. And then we're also partnering with um, the House of Hope in Madisonville, which is a life recovery ministry that, that we know I know several people from. And uh, $5 gets a nice Bible. I actually have a, a copy of uh, several of them. Um, they look like this, the CSB. Um, and they're the nice ones. These are not just your throwaway Bibles. They're the little, what do they call it, like leather touch or something. It's got the little leathery type things, little backpack Bibles, but they're nice. Um, and then uh, we're going to, five bucks gets one of those. We've got a partnership with B&H Lifeway, and the, they give us that bulk pricing even when they're not on sale. Um, and so, again, if you'd like to donate to that, that officially kicks off March 1st, which is Monday, I believe. 
Um, and if you go to the donate site there, there's a, an option for the March Madness Bible giveaway. 100% of every dime that comes in goes to that um, during the anyth anything that comes into the ministry for the month of March. Any dollar goes to the, the, the Bible giveaway. So that's there. Um, we've got winter storm. We had taken in some money and some of you generously gave. We've got that uh, taken care of and we're right now sifting through the needs and looking to help uh, where we can got some things cooking on that as we do that we'll let you know um, and we'll get back to you um, the last thing i wanted to mention um, coming up soon i really am itching bad to do a saturday workshop how to study the bible workshop um, not the full-blown weekend training school that we did in august i really want to do another one of those too but um, i just see a need as the world changes Ah, we were talking about this a while ago. Uh, being a Christian, being an, and, and I'll use the word orthodox, but I would say being a Bible-believing Christian is not getting easier. Um, how do you deal with the stuff that's going on around you? How do you look at the world? Um, how do you deal with tragedy in your life? All of that comes out of the Word, and it's important to be able to study the Word. And that's, a, that's my passion that I bring to the ministry is teaching people how to study the Word. Because... For so many years, Tim, I think we did a disservice in the church where we left all the study to the pastor. Um, and we just let people come bird feed, you know, open their mouths like birds and we feed them, which is, a, there is a part of the ministry that's to that. I mean, the apostles did it. They devoted themselves to the, to, the, to the study and the prayer, and then they fed. You know, he told Peter, feed my sheep. I'm not diminishing that yeah. because that's what I'm gifted in doing as well. But in our current circumstance, it's increasingly more important to me to turn people loose in the kingdom um, with tools. And one of those tools being how do I dissect and rightly divide the word of truth? And so we're hoping, here's what I'm going to ask you to do if you're watching this video, um, even if it's a later time, uh, jump on the comments and say, hey, I'm interested in attending a How to Study the Bible workshop. It'd be on a Saturday, um, a good part of the day, not the whole day, but it'd be a good part of it through lunch. Um, we'll actually sit down and go through the mechanics of what it means to to dig into what my catchphrase is to transform your Bible reading into in-depth Bible study because those are very different. Um, so those are all the plugs that we've got, things that are going on. It's a ton of junk going on, and there'll be more. Um, but let's get into the Word a little bit. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in John 17, and uh, I don't, I don't really know how this is going to go. We're just going to start chatting. And well, go. let's talk about the. <clears throat> you, you've got two two functions here that you want to look at so let's read the scripture that you had for that all right and let's deal with those two okay those two issues the questions that you brought up well now that i pulled my marker out of my bible i pulled my pen out now i gotta find my place again um <laughs> lauren wait, oh by the way let me give a shout out to everybody who's joined us live lauren good to see you herb how are you um rebecca and crystal good to see you guys i hope some more jump on uh Lauren, you ask if there's going to be an online option. Yes, there will be an online. Anything we do these days, we'll have an online option. Um, so if you want to do the workshop, it, it's, it's harder to do, honestly, if you're not there. But we're going to set it up to where you can do it. Um, so in John 17, here's the deal. There are, you think I just should read the whole thing? It's a long one. Well, or just some of this, portions just of given time-wise, we're going to have to do in, yeah, in contextual uh, form. So I'm going to give the context of it verbally, 
this read is, the scripture function and then talk about the question. This is the high, some call the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus praying, but he's praying for his disciples. He's about to be gone. Um, kind of the last hurrah. I like to think of it like if your kids, you know, you're leaving your kid. You're dropping them off. They're adults. This is the last time. <laughs> this is the it. This is the last bit. Um, much akin to, you know, Matthew 28 with the, last, with the Great Commission to me. But he's, he's really laying down the groundwork. Um, in the first part of the of the chapter, he lays down, for me, a very important thing, which is he defines what eternal life is. And I, I, I've said it over and over again. People think of eternal life as I'm going to live forever. I'm going to get to do my favorite hobby in, in heaven, you know, forever. Um, but that's not what eternal life is. That it That is part of it is our existence and continues. But he defines it in verse 3. That life is eternal. This eternal is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Now, all through this text, all through this particular passage. Hello, Betty and Jimmy. Nice to see y'all with us. Um. All through this passage, there's these two phrases that keep coming up, and I'll, I'll read some of them for you here. Um, as he begins, and let's just say in verse six, I have revealed your name to the people that you gave me from the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they've kept your word. And now they know that everything you have given is from you, because I've given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have known for certain, here's one of the phrases, that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Then he starts talking about, I pray for them, uh, you know, I'm not praying for everybody that's in the world, but for them. And his prayer as he goes down is, is look in verse 11, his prayer is, is so that they may be one as we are one. And over and over again in John 17, there's two concepts that, that come up over and over again. And the first one is, is that it's important to Jesus that people, the world, understands that he came from God. And the second one is, or I guess they're not necessarily in this order, but the other one is, is that he wanted the disciples to be one with each other as he was one with the Father, and by that, if they would, if we could figure that out, if he said, if they would be that way, then the world will know that Jesus came from the Lord. Now, here's the question that I'm going to put out there and let Tim pontificate on a little bit. He's not much of a pontificator, but we're going to put him on the spot for pontification. I just wanted to say pontificate three more times. Um, Can you spell it? No, I can't spell it. But here's the question. Number one, why is it so important? that the world know that Jesus came from God. And the way to the world knowing that is that we, you and I, the church, the disciples, those that he's praying for specifically here and those who would believe on Jesus by their word. So basically every other believer to ever come. What does it even look like for us to be one as the Father and the Son are one? How do I know when I get there? He sighs. Well, no, the. I'm going to say something, and, and it's going to sound like in context of what people are right now. We have a hard time trying to figure out what to do next or where to go or how we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to look like. But that's the same problem people have had since creation. True. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So this has context of what we're talking about right here. Uh, and this is Tim's version of, of how Christianity walks. So that could be 
anyway. Um, or at least for me, I accept the fact that there's nothing new that man reckons with or contends with. Uh, your times around you and your circumstances, if you lived a hundred years ago, you would feel like it is right now relative to your circumstances and stuff going on. So these same questions. Right. So old pastors forever, whenever something would happen in the world, they're like, this is the end and the Lord's coming tomorrow. Right. And they meant that genuinely. Uh, so with that said, we're kind of in that place right now. So on one end, kind of take heart on that uh, because it, other people have felt the same way since the fall of Adam and Eve. Well, Paul even Paul even writes like that sometimes in his own writings. I mean, you, yeah. you, you get the idea that he really thought that he was going to see Jesus there for a while. Yeah. And I believe he did. I mean, I, and I don't believe that he was, oh, it was a wrong prophecy or whatever. I just, because nothing's new. It, I look at it kind of like this. We wanna, I want to tie this back into what unity means, but... I was watching people this morning. Let me let me let me bring this this idea back in. And I see people all the time on social media and other places, kind of freaking out over stuff that's happening right now. Um, and let me be clear: there's some really nasty stuff happening in our world in terms of our faith and, and oppression to it. Um, the the Equality Act is not a good thing um, in terms of our faith. It's going to forget even the descriptions of gender and all of that, but just some of the, the ways that we're accustomed to doing our faith are, are going to be eroded. And everybody's like, well, this has got to be the end. It's got to be the end. It's got to be this. Is because these sorts of things are not new, it makes sense for us to think at any given generation that this is the end. Um, but the Bible will tell us that eternity is put in the heart of man. Yeah. I believe that's in Ezekiel. Is that right? No. No? Is uh, it Ecclesi- I forget. Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah. I don't know why I want that to be in Ezekiel. And then I so think that... James 1 kind of hits on that. There's some people that disagree with that. But anyway. But well, the the whole thing is, is I want to I be real specific. Of Everybody thinks the world is ending. It may be. Okay. Is that fair to say? In, in linear human thinking. I know what you're... Well, yeah, sure, they think that. Sure, they think that. Right. I mean, I go through that, too. Don't misunderstand me when something happens. You know, I'm starting to go... I get start steaming over it, and I'm not experiencing anything that the people of old... Even even you read the disciples and their journeys in the New Testament and or in Acts, there's all... it. We're all looking for this path that goes, and then it, it continually increases, and then you you're there. That's not what you see in Acts. Right. I mean, it's going up and down in a major transaction. So if 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 it's doing this and it's not linear and all that, why do you think that Jesus was so adamant that we be one with each other? And okay. what does that mean? And that's kind of where I was going. So what does it look like to be one with each other? Uh, I came from the military. Uh, a lot of my life lessons were learned there and in police work. And so when you get to people that deal with ugly stuff in their life, firemen, policemen, uh, any deployed, uh, not all people in the military deal with it, but uh, people that are deployed into bad places where they see ugly things happening, uh, I can describe all those things to you. And intellectually, you can go, man, that, that must be bad. But when you see it and have to get through it, it, it does things to you. 
And so policemen and firemen and those kind of guys, they're, they have a different outlook on life in general. Uh, and so they're kind of sarcastic. <laughs> uh, uh, it is kind of hard if you don't have an eternal view. Now, I'm going to quantify that a little bit. Uh, I am, I'm a saved walking Christian guy, and that really helped me from kind of going dingy through all the stuff that I've dealt with. And even when I didn't know a lot of things about the kingdom, uh, at minimum, it gave me hope that there is something better and that there are something better in people. So, I, you know, I, and I'm still dealing with that stuff. Right. Um, people that don't have that, uh, I know a lot of policemen and stuff that uh, uh, they didn't contemplate going and doing things like suicide, but in the minimum, at the minute of being angry about something and life's messy, you know, they do something stupid and and uh, uh, kill themselves. Uh, it's because they didn't know what to do in all this. They didn't know what to deal with all this. Eternity is implanted into us, so there is this clash all the time. Whether you believe or you don't believe, right? it's there. So... Uh, so I use that term in the military and those kind of things. What does it look like to be in unity? Um, when you talk to military guys and they're talking about the people they served with, you would think those people are the greatest people on the planet and the kind of people you would want to know. Matt and I's relationships kind of like this in some degree. But when they get together, they tear each other up and talk down to one another. <laughs> and you'd be looking at that going... That's not Christian stuff. Yeah. And I don't mean because they may use cuss words or things like that. I'm talking about, you know, they, they call each other stupid and and really make fun of each other. If somebody does something dumb or wrong or whatever, you know, they just go off. And that's the environment when they're together. Contrast that with how people think you should live. So people that hadn't in, had to endure those, everybody has a tragedy of some sort in their life. But those, the military and the police and that, that side of life, they see it every day and they have to deal with it every day. But their, their unity comes uh, because most people really don't deal with the things they deal with. And, but when they get together, uh, if you can look past the humor and all that stuff, they do have a line of, of oneness there. Yeah. And so, and it's tested. That's the difference. You can think about what your moralities are and all that kind of stuff, but until those are tested, you better be careful how you start slinging things around. You may even be right, but not knowing how to, uh, you have to look back and go, man, I went through that, and, and I think I'm seeing things a little different. I might not be quite so judgmental. Uh, so people that have lived in that environment, in the combat environments, in the police worlds, and even probably medical worlds when you're in yeah. the ERs and that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you, you deal with some stuff that challenges you, and you have to be able to stand in those environments. And it may make you look gruff and coarse. And yeah. You know, I, I, will, I may touch on that, too, because what I'm, what I'm kind of sitting here thinking through my head is the thing to me that forges unity in relationship is trial. It's suffering. Yeah. Um, I told somebody the other day that it seems like just after event, after event, after event, after event in our own life, and it's unrelenting at times. It's like God is beginning to reveal himself in what he really wants us to do. Like in Philippians 3.10, the goal is, you know, to know him, 
but to fellowship to have the to, to know the power of his resurrection but the fellowship of his suffering and we all kind of freak out about that and we run away from it and but what i'm learning is is that it's in those trials if if where those unified bonds really get strong is when you're in battle with somebody and when i say in battle i don't mean necessarily carrying a gun out on the front or even as a policeman or fireman but that's a really great example because those those cats have been out in the soup together and their lives literally depend on each other and as a unit there's a reason that they live together and they do the things that they do together because they're a unit does that make sense well it does and then the other uh i'm trying to get to another end on this and i keep expounding on one part of it but uh that unity together doesn't mean that you're lockstep about everything Mm, mm. so you know in the police world and in the military world politically we'd have people that were you know blue as they could be or red as they could be just trying to give some context but we were able to function and achieve things together even though we may have philosophical differences about it because when life and death were happening it was real clear where you needed to stand and what you needed to do and all that other stuff was just conversation and that's tested so uh uh if i'm out of the fight for a long time and one of my brothers that I've been in that kind of environment with, and they start talking politically where I don't agree, it's just, just an example. It could be anything, how you raise your family, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, I find myself, you know, getting kind of irritated with them and stuff. But as soon as we show up and we're face-to-face, all that goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you could say that that's, the, that, that's Satan shooting his fiery darts and... That's another almost. Yeah, I don't have a high opinion of Satan's fiery darts, uh, and that that has context. You know, when you're talking and studying, and you've never, and you don't remember the things you've been through, you see a big, strong, tough guy there with this big arrow that's very accurate. Shoom, and it comes through, and we see that as Satan's fiery darts. That's not Satan fiery's darts. It's more like uh, uh, his fiery darts are. What are those styrofoam or? Foam. like nerf darts nerf. <laughs> it's it's like a little kid with a nerf dart and the in the in the dart's been stuck in the couch for six months <laughs> so it's all bent over and he tries to light the end of it and shoot it to me that's a satan fiery dart because it it really can't contend with the things of the kingdom well i mean i want to speak to that too because we you talk about giving credit where credit's not due um in the sense that nothing happens and this is where my theology comes into play Yes. Nothing. Now that's where I was going. Is it? It says they believed. Yes. I believe that you're my brother, and that's been tested. Right. So even if we got in the depths of despair, or or we just we pull a Paul and Barnabas. For those of you who don't know what that is, they got in a big fight. Yeah. And they separated ways, but they came back together. Right. And it was the testing and the. His understanding of the faith and my, or, or the, his understanding of the Father and my understanding of the Father are the same. Right. We may not articulate everything together, but that's the unity. That's what draws us in that. And that's why I was trying to use that, the police and the military guys and that kind of stuff. When they come back together, before I forget, though, the flip side of that are people that are trying to have it. Mm. Maybe genuinely, maybe not. So they look good. They make an effort to look like they love everybody and they're doing all that stuff. But when you get behind the scenes, none of that's there. And there's a lot of that. 
there is on. there is a lot of that. And I think the thing about John 17 that that really strikes me is Jesus is praying like this is life and death. Um, like if they don't do this, not that he's not that the kingdom's going to be derailed, and I don't mean it like that, but for these guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. for these believers, they're going to need each other to at a level that they're not even going to be cognizant of. They don't even understand how much they're going to need each other, and and it's not just to need each other in the physical realm. Um, Tim and I talk a lot about. I think I wrote some passages down here. I did. Um, everybody thinks that where God is is this peaceful, tranquil. Uh, nothing ever goes wrong. It's beautiful, sunny skies. But over and over again, the Bible speaks of the presence of God as a tempest. Um, we I almost talk about it every time that I teach. Um, yeah. Because in First Kings nineteen, he's he talks about this tempestuous fire that goes before him. Psalm maybe that's Psalm fifty in verse three. Um, in Hebrews twelve, it's describing Mount Sinai. You know, this it's just a tempest and a storm. Um, First Kings 19 is when Elijah's in the cave. That's what that one is. When he, God's like, what are you doing here? And he says, go stand in the mouth of the cave. And he says, then a wind came against it and it tore the mountains down. Oh, but God wasn't in the wind. And then an earthquake came and it shattered the place. Oh, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And, and it was just all this stuff. And we see in the scriptures that when the kingdom enters this busted up realm, stuff gets jacked up. And he literally is like a storm walking through. In our own life, our own family right now, I mean, we've just been getting hit. Yeah. Today is a really heavy day um, with family that are sick. Um, in some cases, literally uh, fighting for their lives. And, you know, I, I'll continually think about, you know, my daughter's in there and literally some days contending for her life. And it's in those moments of tempest. I can't tell you how important and valuable it is to have people like Tim who were there and, and even, okay, we'll use politics because that's what we were using as an example. We probably don't agree on everything politically. Um, as a matter of fact, I know we don't, but the, the, when the, the things of the kingdom and I, and I read John 17, here's what I pull out of it. It's important for us to be one. And what that looks like is, is that we're centered and focused on the thing that can make that happen, which is the Father. Yeah. And it's it's understanding who the Father is. And the only way to know the Father is through the Son. And so as we know the Son more, we know the Father because they're one and there's this relationship there that you just kind of got to read it. But the way that he expounds it in that chapter, he, he literally lays it down like, oh, the world's going to hate you. The world... You can't survive with each other without each other. Or you can't survive in this world without each other, maybe a better way to say it. You can't survive trying to, if you're trying to make yourself agree with the world right. so that that gives you unity, that's what you're learning right now is that's, that doesn't work based off what you're believing in your faith. Right. And so I, I think... There's Rev, that was a good example. So we may not agree with everything politically between Matt and I, but I'll tell you one thing. I know his study, at minimum, his academic standing and understanding of the scriptures. And then I watch his life, and I've watched it for a long time. I watch him conform to what he, the Spirit is showing him that the scriptures are. And that's not always a very straight, linear, or an exponential thing. It's 
it's kind of like this and that's all right that doesn't bother the kingdom so those of you out there trying to get to where you're supposed to be quit looking at it like i gotta be this get over that start just finding out what your faith prove your faith so mm. that gets down to the academic things read it so we're reading little functions of scripture here and I think we get in big discussions sometimes and we start overblowing something in a scripture somewhere and it makes you lose focus and context over the biggest thing. And then you start going, well, I'd... or actually you'll get a lot of this stuff even if it's good and when you walk out of there, it's been so much, so concentrated for half an hour that it just kind of all goes away and you, you don't remember it. Right. So my point is, is that what you think you believe was that implanted if you've been in church all your life? Was that implanted by mom and dad or the church? Nothing wrong with that. That's what you need to do as parents. But on the flip side of that, now it's time for you to start learning where can you articulate that in the scripture? I don't care what version. That starts feeding the things that the spirit starts to use. And then it makes it, so the reason Matt and I using ourselves as an example and even in the military version I gave you, those kind of things, the spirit begins to draw us and confirm yeah. that we're kingdom people, for lack of a better way to say it. And I can tell you right now, if for some reason I got a wild hair or somebody's going to make me go off into some place where uh, to teach things about the kingdom and it's an oppressive place government-wise or and I'm scared, you know who I'm taking with me? This guy. And I'm not kidding you. Because I'm pretty. No. <laughs> That's not it at all. <laughs> but my point is, is that uh, uh, it's not because he's he's well studied and that kind of thing. That is part of it. But it's the, it's the desire to learn about the kingdom and become the kingdom. That's the burden that you need to feed. Yeah. And you come and listen to things like this that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but don't ask me to tell you what your walk with the Lord is. Right. I don't know. I can watch you and maybe figure out maybe some of your giftings and those kind of things, but I'm not going to tell you what the Lord's calling telling you to do. When you look me in the eye and say, the Lord's telling me to do this, I'm not even going to say, well, where do you <laughs> get? I used to. Yeah. But now when somebody tells me that and the Spirit goes with me, I'm like, okay, if I can help you, I will. Let me tee off on what you just, something you said, the phrase he just said was when the Spirit goes with me. Um, I say this all the time because I'm digging in. I tend to be a real black and white thinker. I didn't really know that about myself. Tim tells me that all the time, but apparently it's true. Um, and part of that's my upbringing and things like that. But I'm looking in John 17, and I'm just like we started. All right, what does it look like? What are my steps to get there? How do I get to unity? And it's so ambiguous, honestly. But I can give you an example of, of it because it's like, have you ever not really known something, but you knew when it happened? That's a terrible example. Um, it is a terrible let example. Me, let me do it like this. There are two groups, and I've said this before. I said this when we were at Fruitvale. There are two groups of people that I encounter in Christian circles, very distinct groups. On the one hand, there's a group of people that I encounter a lot, and they do church well. I mean, they know, they've been to all, they've, they listen to all the podcasts. They've been to the right song conferences. Um, and they're good churchmen, but there's just no, I would call it chemistry. I don't know a better word for it. And we can get along and we do things great. We can even do great, uh, fruitful ministry together. 
no animosity, blah, blah, blah. But then there's this other group of people that I encounter that may or may not be in the same group. They may do church well. They may not. They may be rough as a cob. But something, the scriptures talks about the wit, the spirit bearing witness one with another. And there's just something different about them. And there's a kindred spirit about them that I can't explain or articulate. I don't have the word. The language doesn't really lend itself to even describe it. But it's a relationship like we have. I have it with some other brothers as well. Knowing that when my chips are down, when we're getting the phone calls that we don't want to get some of the phone calls we're waiting for today. And I hope they don't come. Um, the people I call because they're focused around the kingdom and not around an earthly representation of the kingdom. Does that make sense? Well, it does, but there's also brothers and sisters out there that are at that same level. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have a rapt rapport with them. True. Either. True. So, I mean, go to any church. doesn't matter. You're going to find that in there. There's some people that you commune with well and that you deal with well and there's some that you don't and if you were able to pull back and be in the place in heaven looking down on that you might find out that they're like that too but for whatever reason the kingdom may be keeping you separated lifetime and actions don't put you together uh, that doesn't mean that they're not achieving those things as well that kind of helps me with looking at people that I may judge on something with uh, in a church, I finally just come to the conclusion, and I'm like, well, I don't really know what's going on there, so I'll hold my opinion. <laughs> uh, and in some cases, you know, if it's if it's Matt and I, I may tell them, well, you know, you're throwing, you're casting an opinion or a judgment there when you really don't have that going on. And people I don't know as well as them, I'll just keep my mouth shut. And right. Uh, and I say that I'm not trying to tell you about me. I'm. This is all about the unity thing. Uh, I go to prove my faith. And if my faith tells me, and it's been learned, don't judge those people. They show up at church. They do church. They do it. And it made me look surfacey to me. There was a time where I'd look at them and I'd go, well, they're just playing the game. Later on, I kind of learned, well, they're not, maybe they're not playing the game. It's not my place to even look right. at it like that and measure it or even waste my brain power even trying to determine that. Uh, that that keeps unity from happening, if that makes sense. It, it, it does. You're not going to be in a big church and everybody is going to be falling all over each other. If you come and tell me you're a Christ follower, I'm going to take it for what you say and believe that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, I don't, and I don't mean to, to, and I don't mean necessarily that I, in my two groups of people that everything's all hunky-dory in this one. Yeah. And that, but it's just that there's just something that draws us together. There's a, a, a oneness a communication between the spirits. Well, that was a sidebar. I wasn't saying you were saying that. Yeah, oh, yeah well, but I, I tend to come across that way. I'm glad you brought that out, though, because it's. I want to be real clear. The unity of John 17 is not, you said it a while ago, it's not that you agree on everything. It's that there is something that binds you together. I, I've been married for 26 years. I love my bride, and she is a gift from God. I do not deserve. I married out of my station by a long shot. I'll confirm all that. Right. But we do not see eye to eye on everything. Yeah. We really don't. Um, a matter of fact, there are things where we are polar opposites on some things. But it doesn't affect 
our love for one another. And I, and I guess I would get down to how does what because in the text well, to, to wrap this up, um, he says, I want them to be one as we are one. Well, another thing he says in the text is they need to love each other the way we love each other is what Jesus was saying. Well, and I think the context in that is, is uh, and you said to love each other and be one as we are one. When you read the context, especially in the first chapter of John, in those first few verses, and then when you go to 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, you start reading uh, things about how uh, who Jesus is and what he is. And even by Jesus' own words in chapter 17 here, I feel like that he had the capacity to be angry with God for putting him through this. Even though he says he came and did it on his own. The principles that I'm talking about here about prove your faith through the scriptures, accept the fact that that's what they are. Over time, you learn what they really are, what they're right. not, how you do them, why you don't do them. Uh, and you need to have some patience with yourself on that uh, and with others. But I think when he said to make them one as we are one intellectually, and at least from our perspective, supernaturally, I don't think it was supernatural to them. Uh They were one, but Jesus didn't. He could have walked away from that and got angry like Lucifer, I guess, to some extent, if you want to have a comparison in that. And people say, well, that's blasphemous. You can't do that. Well, no, it's not. Because there had to have been an ability for him to separate from that if he wanted to, yeah. to be angry with it if he wanted to. Uh, but he didn't. He knew who the Father was by what he watched, and the Father created him. And at minimum, when things were really bad, not at minimum, when things are really bad and jacked up, he would still look at that and say, I know this to be the truth, right. regardless of what's going to transpire around me. And he held on to that. That's what causes unity. It's a yeah. literal, you're not going to have a fairy come in here and cast a spell on us to make us be, oh, I love you. It's not that. Right. I know who Matt Parker is from a kingdom perspective. And that's what makes me grasp, even if we were to split because we were angry at each other. Well, and we gotta, we've got to gotta wrap this up so you all can get back to work, I can get back to work. But I, I, you said something that really resonated with me in the fact that there's a decision that gets made to hang on to something when everything's falling yes. apart. And even in the garden, Jesus said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But he held on to the truth because he knew who the Father was. And so... You know, as we kind of wrap this up and some thought I want you to take take away from it in John 17, we're looking for unity. Um, unity is an action. Unity, it, for us, unity takes action. Um, it takes feet as action. And one thing we really didn't delve into a whole lot was why it's so important for that because it shows who Jesus is, and I'll, I'll leave it with this. If Jesus wasn't sent from God, then everything we believe is is nonsense. Everything we believe is nonsense. Um, and so for you and I, when we don't agree, and, and I guess for me, we need to be seeking unity when we don't agree and when we're irritating each other. That's when it really counts, is to hold on to the things that we know to be true. Jesus held on to the things that he knew was true. He knew who the Father was. He knew that the Father loved him, and he knew that the Father gave him everything. He gave him his words, and he gave them to the disciples, and that protected them. And so my encouragement to you real simply is this, is hang on to what you know is true. 
Um, and learn what you know is true. Exactly. That takes a deliberate effort. It does. Prove your faith to yourself. Um, guys, there was a bunch of you guys. I mean, we had up to, uh, hey, Wayne, uh, nice of you to join us too. Had about, had, had quite a few of you join us today. Um, this is the first of many. We'll be back next Friday at noon. Uh, we're giving our lunch hour over to it. Um, we'd love for you to come and join with us what we one of the things we're going to do later we didn't do today is we're going to experiment with doing a zoom call um now what we'll do is we'll stream this just like normal but if you'd like to get involved in a more interactive session we'll have a zoom call going as well here on one of our screens and and can actually hear from other people and and, and do a more interactive study and field questions um, we got to kind of perfect that a little bit but uh but here's what we're going to do we won't be broadcasting that Zoom call link out on Facebook. Um, there's a private group on our Facebook page, and uh, I'll put a link to it in the description or the comments here. Um, and it's just called the Friday Live uh, group. It's a private group, and we will share that link in that group. So if you want to be on the Zoom call, you need to join that group because I don't want to put a Zoom link out there for everybody in the world to jump on. Um, we want to be able to control that some and, and not have weird stuff happen during our Bible study. But uh, uh, so if you are interested in that, then I want you to, to jump on there. Be sure to like us on YouTube, Facebook, subscribe so you can see when we have new videos coming out. Um, that, all, that is also how we'll be announcing when our How to Study the Bible workshop is going to be done. And yes, Lauren, there'll be an online option for that. And it's going to be free, guys. I'm not asking you for money. We just want to show you how to study the Bible. That's it. That's all I care about. And we'll figure out the finances of what it's, God can get fish or money from a fish's mouth. Don't worry about that. It'll be free. Um, but I want to encourage you to also follow us on Spotify. We've got a, 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 a website, I mean, a podcast out there now called, uh, it's called Embers and Sparks. I'll show you. Do I have, I think I've actually got the, uh, the picture for you to look at. Are you going to cover me up again? Yeah, well, I'm going to cover both up, but that's what it looks like. Um, and that way you can find us on Spotify. We'll be putting the audio up on there. Not everybody can do video. You like to listen to it in the car, so all of our audio will be on the Spotify channel. Be sure to like that, follow that, whatever you do on Spotify. And uh, so we'll be bringing you some stuff. Thank you all for joining us. Don't forget about the Huamave, uh, Mexico mission trip that's coming up. Pray about that. If you'd like to give toward the school supplies, uh, hit the donate link. Um, March Madness uh, Bible giveaways coming if you'd like to donate towards that um, and then uh, again looking out for the how to study the Bible I want to thank Tim our beautiful Vanna White co-host for being here with us today um, on our deal I want to thank everybody that watched um, you don't know how much that means to us but see we, we came into this and I said I've got one guy in Kansas hey Glenn I'll just give you a shout out that I know watches our videos one guy and so the fact that some of you showed up today is pretty encouraging um, that now we have two guys. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but thank you. Come back next week. We'll be plugging it some more to remind you, setting out some events and things like that. Um, you got anything to say before we go? No. Nope. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, and our catchphrase is this. We're glad that you joined us so we can help you learn, teach, repeat. We'll explore that one of these days, too, about what that means and what we mean by that. If you don't know where that comes from, it's in 2 Timothy 2 and two and so appreciate you coming we love to see more from you guys at some other time and we'll look at you or, or look to seeing you next week talk to you later